Welcome to the Brooke Club. I'm Brooke. This week's episode is all about the thriller Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins. I gave this book an 8 out of 10. I've read one other Rachel Hawkins book. It's probably her most popular. It's called The Wife Upstairs, and I also gave that book an 8 out of 10. But if I had to decide, I would say that I preferred reading Reckless Girls. I thought it was more exciting. I thought the characters and the plot were more interesting. The back of Reckless Girls says, one island, six visitors, and countless secrets. But it was one line at the very end of the overview at the back of the book that convinced me to buy it. It says, spine-tingling reimagining of an Agatha Christie classic. As I read, I realized that this was a nod to the book and then there were none. The first parallel between these two books is that they're both set on an island. Similar to, similar to and then there were none, the characters in Reckless Girls are all potentially suspicious due to the setting of the book. Because the six characters are on an isolated island, one of them has to be guilty. There's no one else there who could have committed the murders. My favorite mystery trope is when every character is a potential suspect due to location, due to the fact that no one can leave. And we as readers get to know these characters intimately and we have the opportunity to try and solve the crime, to sleuth out the culprit. Likewise, the murderer in And Then There Were None had to be in the home where the killing occurred as all characters were trapped together on an island and in a house due to a storm. There is one man standing at the end of both these books or one woman standing, as the case may be, I won't go on about Agatha Christie, but I just wanted to mention this reference because it was what initially piqued my interest. This book is about revenge and murder, but at the same time, it's fun, it's an easy read, it's light in a way. So I want to give a quick summary and my general thoughts on Reckless Girls, and then I want to answer some book, book club questions. Um, I picked a few of my favorites from the back of the book, and I'll read and respond to those at the end of the episode. Let's get into it. Couple Nico and Lux agree, agree to sail Emma and Brittany to a deserted island in the Pacific Ocean called Moreau Island for the price of 50k. This island was the location of a shipwreck, and it's rumored that the survivors of the wreck resorted to murder and cannibalism in order to stay alive. So it has a bit of a spooky history, but even so, the island is picturesque. It's absolute paradise. They describe Moreau Island as weird and wild. Immediately after arriving to Moreau Island, the four of them meet the only other two people on the island, Jake and Eliza. The six of them immediately connect and spend the first week or so of their vacation swimming, drinking, getting to know each other, exploring the island. It seems like the six of them bond, become a close-knit group right off the bat. As we learn about the characters, we see that the six could be split into two groups, those who were born financially privileged and those who were not. Those who are privileged in this way are Nico, Jake, and Emma, and those not. Eliza, Brittany, and Lux. It seems like the second group, Eliza, Brittany, and Lux, it seems like they've lost a lot or like they've had a lot taken from them. Specifically, Eliza sees herself as a victim and sees herself as someone who deserves justice. And we only get to know this side of her towards the end of the book once we meet Chloe.
every character seems to have an interesting and somewhat tragic past. Lux's mom has recently passed away from cancer after three years of suffering. Because of her mom's illness, Lux chose to drop out of college and take care of her. And now she feels lost, she feels behind in life, and she seems to have a proclivity for escapism, which is a major theme in this book. I believe that's why she agrees to go to Maui with Nico after just a month of dating him. Their plan was to meet in Maui and then sail the world together on his boat, go on a big adventure. But unfortunately, the this plan is thwarted when Nico's boat um, is damaged. I think that Lux liked the idea of Nico, the idea of an adventure with him and getting away from her reality, maybe more than she liked him. She mentions that she's not sure she really knows him. I start to doubt Nico cared much about their relationship after he starts cheating on her. I think they're probably in love, but not the best suited for each other or necessarily meant to be long term. Because Nico doesn't have the money to fix his boat, the Susanna, yet, they get jobs in Hawaii and this is where they meet Brittany and Emma. My first impression of Brittany is that she's kind, friendly, and a girl's girl. Emma seems more aloof and moody. Lux wonders why these two are friends because they're so different. I think it's funny the difference between the way one sees these characters from the beginning to the end of the book, uh, we'll, but we'll get into that later. Brittany and Emma's past unfolds slowly as we read chapters from the before. We find out that the before refers to Brittany processing the sudden death of her parents and little brother after they're hit by a drunk driver. At this time, Emma lies to Brittany by telling her that her boyfriend died when in reality he's in prison for killing Brittany's family. Emma feels especially guilty because she was the one who told her boyfriend to go out and buy more beer when she knew that he was drunk and that is when the accident occurs and when he kills Brittany's family. Emma figures out where Brittany goes for grief counseling and starts attending herself. This is where they first meet. In grief counseling, their therapist tells them to live in the after. Basically, live in the after means um, move forward, enjoy life, be present. Brittany has in the after tattooed on her wrist. From the start, I got the impression that Brittany and Emma feel the need to escape, similar to Lux. Twisted as it may seem, Brittany and Emma become best friends and begin traveling the world together. Back on Moreau Island, a seventh character is introduced when skinny and disheveled Robbie shows up. The original six feel um, protective of the island and they don't like him right away. And their dislike for him is justified for a few reasons. One, he has no shame in eating and drinking their supplies. He's crass and inappropriate to the women on the island. And Lux um, catches him snooping on Eliza and Jake's boat. He also implies that Eliza and Jake make money in a sketchy way, which he was right about, we find out later. Jake threatens Robbie by pointing a gun at him and telling him to leave. Instead of going back to his boat, he heads into the jungle. Lux is worried, and for good reason. Robbie sneaks back onto their boats, smashes their radios, and steals Lux's passport. Without working radios, they can't safely sail away from the island, which means they're now stranded. 
Before Emma and Brittany come to Moreau, they are traveling through Europe when they meet an outgoing and confident young woman named Chloe. Chloe convinces them to continue their travels with her, and she convinces Brittany to start stealing cash and watches from men to fund their travels. So they're robbing strangers they meet at bars and hostels and restaurants in order to pay to keep traveling together. I guessed that Chloe and Eliza were the same person once Chloe told Brittany about Emma's lie. Chloe ends up being the one that figures out through social media that Emma lied to Brittany about her boyfriend dying and, of course, about her boyfriend being the drunk driver that killed Brittany's family. Chloe comes up with an elaborate revenge scheme to murder both Emma and Chloe's ex-boyfriend, Jake. Eliza wants revenge on Jake because his dad was um, responsible for getting her mom sent to prison for being his drug mule. Jake's dad gets off scot-free and Eliza thinks it's because he's a rich man, which could be an accurate assumption. Brittany and Eliza become a homicidal revenge-seeking duo. I think Chloe slash Eliza is a, is a great villain. She's quite unassuming in the beginning. I'm going to read a quote that I think summarizes her philosophy on interpersonal relationships. It says, no one really wants you to be yourself. They only want themselves reflected back at them. Eliza is very good at doing just that. So she makes people feel special. She makes people feel justified in their anger and their desire for revenge. She also plants these revenge ideas in people's heads. She wants people to feel wronged and feel like they deserve justice the same way that she feels. Her personality makes it easy to convince people to go along with her schemes. Now, I have a genuine question. Why did Emma not question when the person she knows as Chloe introduces herself as Eliza? Was there a reason reason she didn't say anything? She didn't seem happy to see Eliza. She was standoffish when she first um, met Eliza and Jake on the island. There's no way she wouldn't recognize the woman she was traveling with right before arriving on the island. Someone let me know what I'm missing. Chloe holds a grudge like no other, and I can get behind her being angry about her mom being in prison when Jake's dad is a free man, you know, received no consequences for using her mom. What I find shocking is that she can tolerate spending time with Jake on this entire trip when she hates him so much. Same with Brittany. She's here to enact exact, I should say, revenge on Emma and the whole time she's acting like they're best friends. This plan takes patience and they're both incredible actors. We know Eliza is an actor. She's always been an actor and um, she's never really herself. So I guess that explains her side of things. By the end of the book, Lux is the only one who hasn't been murdered, so let's get into the deaths. Robbie dies first. Lux thinks he died from eating poisonous fish, but what actually happened is that Jake killed him and then brought Lux into the forest to find his body and make it look like Robbie's death was accidental. We find out about Emma's death next. After getting in a fist fight with Eliza, she slips or is pushed off the boat alongside Lux. If I had to guess, I would say she was probably pushed by Eliza or Brittany. 
So their fight ensued after Emma accuses Eliza of hurting or killing Nico. And the truth about Emma's boyfriend is revealed to Lux. Emma and Lux struggle in the water and Lux kicks her in the, in the face to break free and that's what killed Emma. Emma was right that something happened to Nico. Nico was killed by Brittany and this was on the night that Brittany and Eliza laced the hash that everyone was smoking. Lux finds Nico's body with a machete laying next to him and she's distraught, confused, scared. She uh, meets up with Eliza and Brittany and the two of them try to convince Lux that them meeting on this island was fate and they try to convince her to join their group. So I'm going to read what Brittany says to try and convince uh, Lux to join them. She says, and then when I met you, I knew, knew that it was fate and that you were coming with us for a reason, that all of us were coming to Moreau for justice. We deserved that and so did you. You're like us. You lost so much and you kept going, kept trying to make something new, something beautiful. So she's trying to convince um, Lux that Lux is like her and Eliza. Um, during this conversation, Jake comes out of the jungle onto the beach. Eliza is startled and shoots Brittany by accident. After killing her partner in crime, Eliza's primary focus is still on recruiting Lux. Eliza hands Lux her gun, um, to shoot Jake, and of course, Lux shoots Eliza and Jake. So that's my basic summary of the book. I'm going to um, get into some book club questions now. I'm going to start with question four. It says, as time goes by on Moreau, everyone starts to believe that being on the edge of civilization is making them lose their minds. But by the end of the novel, Lux disagrees with this idea and says, this island doesn't twist people up. It just turns them into the purest versions of themselves, hones them like a knife's blade. Do you agree with this and why or why not? Do you think there is a way that both points could be true? I agree with Lux. I don't think that any person um, in Lux's shoes would turn into a killer. I think maybe she has a disposition for being a murderer. We're introduced to her darkness through her violent, intrusive thoughts. Her self-preservation instincts often involve hurting others to save herself. For example, kicking Emma in the face, um, threatening Robbie with a knife. Yes, the circumstances of the island led Lux to commit murder. Her killing Eliza and Jake was not premeditated, right? But I think these events occurred due to the decisions of others, specifically Eliza and Brittany's decisions, and not because the island made them all lose their minds. That being said, the question asks if both points can be true, and my answer is yes, because I don't believe that Lux would be a murderer if tensions from isolation, being stranded on the island, um, etc. were not present. I don't think the island is evil in a fantastical way, but many factors led to the murders, some of them caused by the characters' presence on the island. Especially after a few weeks of being there, the island starts to feel like the Wild West. Rules feel like they don't apply. They can get away with more things than they would be able to if they were in regular civilization. 
kind of Lord of the Flies vibes in that way. Okay, next question is question eight. Question eight says, how does the fact that the characters are completely off the grid on Moreau Island amp up the tension in the novel? None of this would have happened if they hadn't gone to Moreau. I think Eliza picked this location for her plan because it was remote. Like I mentioned in the previous question, regular rules don't apply. I think for this reason, the characters' morals start to shift. Not only has the island possibly made the characters more feral, um, after the radios are destroyed, they are literally stranded. So, obviously, if they would have been able to escape, some of them could have avoided death. Obviously, everyone's lives would be drastically different had they chosen not to go on vacation to Moreau Island. So, uh, yeah, I do think the island plays a huge role in how everything unfolded. And the um, I think it impacted the way characters behaved, for sure. Okay, last question. Question 13. How did the end of the novel make you feel? Did you anticipate this ending? We are given a peek into Lux's life after the island. What else do you think comes next for her? So the epilogue or the in the after made me think that Lux is the new Chloe. I get the impression that she's continuing on Chloe's murder and revenge. She's kind of continuing the cycle. She's adopted Chloe's motto of taking back what's been taken from her. It's implied that she's teaching this new girl, Caroline, to steal money. Um, she invites her to go sailing. Um, she's planning revenge on her cheating boyfriend. I have my doubts about if this is realistic. We do see glimpses into Lux's dark inner impulses, as I mentioned. Do we have enough evidence to be convinced that Lux could not only commit murder, but also continue this revenge murder cycle? I can justify her killing Eliza on the beach. That that seemed like self-defense to me, but I'm not convinced that Lux is the type of person that would continue Chloe's legacy, if you will. Is the ending of the book a little far-fetched? Maybe. That being said, I wasn't unsatisfied, and I really did want to know what Lux does next. All in all, this was a fun read. I don't know if I've ever said this about a book, but the setting of the book may have been my favorite part. It makes me want to see a Reckless Girls show on Netflix or somewhere. Um, I just want to see Moreau Island on the screen. And the show doesn't have to end where the book ends. It can continue with Lux and Caroline. I think they could add a plot line of Lux being on the run from the FBI, which I do think would be realistic because... I mean, the police find six dead bodies on an island, and there's one missing woman. Who do we think is responsible for the dead bodies? Probably the woman on the run. Just some ideas for any show creators out there. But those are my thoughts on Reckless Girls. Let me know what you thought of the book. Email brookclubpod at gmail.com. I just finished the book His and Hers by Alice Feeney. It's a thriller mystery. I'm so predictable, I know. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend His and Hers for anyone who likes whodunit murder mysteries. My favorite thing about it is at one point or another, I suspected almost every single character to be guilty. 
Um, there were so many red herrings. So even if you do predict the end of the book, you've also predicted 10 other endings and you've been suspicious of 10 other people, you'll be on the edge of your seat until the very, very end of the book. That's all I'll say. I don't want to give anything away. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.